All right. Well, we're going to start the recording in three, two, one, even though it's been recording for a bit. Hi, this is Stephen Sock from Solutions Brewing Company, and I am joined today, as always, with Brendan Pifa and Robert Kalachuk. Stop slamming your fate, your hands to your forehead. Like, Stop it. <laughs> well, we've done what twenty episodes uh, at this point, or something like that. That's, yeah, that's the first time that we've deviated from the same opening that we always have. Welcome to the Solutions Brewing Podcast. Then we're all together, and you actually did a countdown. Yeah, <laughs> it's all fine, guys. It's all fine. Well, what are we talking about today? Well, today, uh, since we do have the. Um, Dasper Beer Fest uh, occurring in February. We are brewing our beer uh, for it on the Sunday, uh, January 2nd here. So uh, today we we're going to be talking about basically our process and what kind of uh, what kind of beer we're going to be making for it. So uh, we got a variety of ingredients uh, that all, all the participants of the Iron Brewer competition got. And yeah, we're going to go over today what, uh, what kind of we've develop for recipes and see what we're going to be brewing on Sunday. So to start, I'm going to throw this over to Rob because Rob has had made a recipe and uh, let's, what did you, what did you come up with? Right. So I guess maybe some background on this competition. It's called Iron Brewer because it's, they're doing it similar to Iron Chef. Ah, great um, show. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously you can't make people brew a beer in one day and then also taste it because it's not ready <laughs> you definitely need that fermentation period yeah um so what they're doing is they're giving everyone the same bag of ingredients and you can make anything you want out of what's in that bag but you can only use what's in what they give you yeah <clears throat> so no no um like uh, whatever like in, th- in this case there's no chocolate in it so if you wanted to add like a chocolate to make a chocolate stout or something you can't do that yeah um uh, <clears throat> so anyways yeah so that's what it is um uh, the competition is in is on February twelfth mm-hmm. uh, in Jasper. So the reason for brewing on January second is because well, it does take a little bit of time to will take time to ferment to make sure it's ready, but it also gives enough time that if a, if something happens or if there was a mistake, uh, then there's time to do one more emergency brew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So I guess given that, um, I thought thought because it was February, I kind of wanted to do something more like a, like a brown or a stout. Uh, but with the ingredients that were there and the hops that were there, I didn't like how that would turn out for a stout unless you did like a tropical stout. So I was like, eh, no, not looking for that. So I'm kind of going more for like a, I thought I'd, <laughs> the, the idea I had was, uh, well, first I came up with a name which is called the black box, <laughs> which is a solution. If, um, if anyone's familiar with the black box, that's where inputs come in, stuff happens inside the black box, and then you get whatever output, whatever yeah. output you, your desired output. Right? Yeah. And it's you don't just, know what happens in the black box. It's just stuff goes in, finished product comes out. That's right. It's a mystery. It works. And you don't have to think about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so kind of going in that theme with the black box one, I wanted it to be dark in color. But it's going to taste more like a citrusy IPA. Uh, so we're going to play around with some different hops. There's um, uh, there was Lorien. There was uh, a, a form of uh, a citra hop. 
Yeah, and... the, the Citra Lupo Max. Yeah, also Sasquatch. And there's an experimental hop called HBC 431. Mm-hmm. Um, when hops are named numbers like that, it's because um, it's they've grown just enough of it to test it out. It hasn't, it's not really commercialized. And then once it becomes commercialized, they give it a name. Yeah. So, yeah, you went... Actually, it was kind of funny. You mentioned uh, Tropical Stout, and uh, uh, Brendan made one of those inadvertently one year. (laughs) (laughs) He also made a face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yeah, this goes back to the the one time that I've submitted for a brewing competition as an amateur brewer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I make a stout that is called the Black Mamba Stout. Um, And its it's initial inception was as a red, but then I just kept increasing the... uh, um, <laughs> the roasted barley and it came out black with a little red undertone. <laughs> so, um, it was the vampire stout is what I initially called it. Yeah, <laughs> because of the the red undertones thrown and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, anyway, a very good, very good beer. I've made it a few times and, and quite enjoyed it. My wife quite enjoys it as well, and she's the one that gave it the the black mamba name. Submitted it to the brew competition as a stout, and it came back with very low scores, but very high praise reviews written yeah and so it, it turned out it, it was low scored on a technicality because of, of course we're amateur homebrewers we didn't know uh, what to enter it is so like we made our best guess with well, the ingredients that's the thing you had to enter it in a style category so i entered it as an irish stout yep oh yeah and they came back and they're like very very good beer not this style more of a tropical stout scored zero <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i was like what well, yeah, like out of fifty, you got like a nineteen on it, oh, it was and something, it was it was like, yeah, it was like, oh my god. And but then reading through all the comments, they're like very well executed beer. <laughs> yeah, you know, great great flavors, you know, uh, stone fruit flavors and all the stuff in the stout. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. Just like all right, well, that's why I don't enter brew competitions anymore. Yeah, that's it. That, that was kind of the breaking point for me too. Is like, yeah, you make a beer, but you wouldn't submit it as the right style. So yeah, you get. Uh, good praise on it being like oh yeah this is a very crushable beer drinkable beer but then be like yeah it didn't fall style guidelines at all two out of th- two out of five here two out of ten here and you just get a low well, score i guess the other lesson to get out of it is to actually go through one of the training programs or that the what is it the bcjp or whatever bjcp, BJCP. yeah beer, beer uh, judge beer judge something no bjcp beer judge competition program or something yeah like yeah yeah something like that and then and then if you get a really good knows for the styles then it makes it easy to submit into the right style and then you can actually get some some proper quantified reviews of your beer from professionals which would be nice but again yeah i remember going in some of those and it's like you'd think it would be obvious but when you go start reading all the different categories and even just stout there's like so many different yeah. types of stout you're like well this mine tastes kind of like this one but kind of like this one so then you're not really well, adhering to any of the exactly, official exactly. style guidelines and if you're trying to yeah. do something new or something novel or something a little outside of the box or outside the black box, um, then it, it there's if it doesn't fit within the category, it's not going to be scored appropriately. So it's kind of yeah. Again, there's it, they but, have their place and they're they're certainly if you know the style you're submitting, it's a good way to get reviews that way. But not it's not a good way to get feedback, especially yeah. as like a home brewer. If you're like, what am I doing wrong? You're not sure. You want you want like you want to submit a beer so someone else can taste it and kind of give you some pointers, then, you know, that's a really good way to get some constructive feedback. And, uh, 
yeah. fix up yeah, fix up absolutely. your mistakes or your techniques or whatever, right? For sure. And if there's any off flavors that are persistent or you're not quite sure what's going on, they can help identify it for sure. Yeah. That's all right. We, uh, we got a little visitor here. A little puppy just walked in. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll be cool. <laughs> come on. Come on. Let's go. Cue for intermission. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds you when we uh, did the other the other recording at your place with Willow, and she just lost it at the neighbor's. Dog. Oh yeah, couple minutes <laughs> <laughs> get the dog under control. Anyway, so that was our digression on brewing competitions and my my one experience there. But yeah, I think we've digressed a few times over <laughs> over the various episodes. But anyway, the black box. <clears throat> yeah, so <clears throat> that was the idea I had for it. So basically. Out of the selection here, good thing Steve did it because I can never memorize something once I've done it. <laughs> uh, so mine's using a combination of a few malts, um, some Red Shen, some Hogarth is kind of what I've been uh, targeting. Uh, so Hogarth has a pale ale, a pale malt, uh, and then Red Shed's Rocky Mountain and their Black Bear that I put in there. And uh, hops we already mentioned, and then yeast. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the numbers. Um, but whatever just using an ale yeast. Yeah, I was going to say, whatever the size in yeast was, I think it was. No. No? No. The size and no. Um, and then... <clears throat> oh, I think it was K97. I think so. I think so, yeah. Safali K97 for anyone that knows what that is, but <laughs> clearly I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I did when I was looking at it, but like I said, whenever I, uh, whenever I make a recipe and once I have it written down, then mm-hmm. I just like, I forget it because then I remember, I just, all I have to remember is where to look it up. Yeah, you dump it from your mind. You're like, it's yeah. somewhere else written. <laughs> yeah. I don't need it in my brain anymore. So, well, that yeah. That's the whole thing. Why memorize something when you can look it up in a book? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, so basically, uh, that was the, that's the kind of idea I'm going for is kind of like a, a black IPA. So it won't have any of that dark roasted flavors. The, the black bear malt is supposed to be a malt that gives color without giving flavor. Okay. So hopefully that works out. I actually really like the idea of that malt, and I've got an idea for a future uh, setup in my in my keyser there. Uh, basically have a number of different beers that are all wildly different, but all look exactly the same because of the black bear malt. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that'd be interesting. I mean, like, here, here's this, like, sour beer that's dark, and here's oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah. IPA. Here's an IPA dark, and here's a stout. Yeah, that was just to throw you off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've actually been interested in trying this one out for a while for the dark humor, about reducing some of the roasted barley and adding some of that in instead. Oh, okay. Just so to give it, uh, kind of give it, tone down on that roastiness a little bit mm-hmm. but still keep the color mm-hmm. interesting yeah cool yeah. um and then there was also where is it there's oh there's also um a red wheat that's going to go into it and that's meant to give it um a little some body and some head retention okay yeah interesting so, yeah. yeah it'll be really interesting i mean all all of these ingredients in here with the exception of the sasquatch hops uh, I've never used any of these before. So I, I found Sasquatch once when I was walking through Grapes to Glass. I was like, oh, new hop from BC. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. Let's try it out. And it was amazing. Well, so Sasquatch is very special, though, because it is the first Canadian hop uh, that's been like... For gr- proprietary hop. Yeah, proprietary hop, because like all the other varieties are uh, you know, generally from the U.S., and they're a mixture of old world hops and then new 
new varieties that are found in uh, in North America. But they can be grown here. They're just oh yeah, no, absolutely. The, yeah. yeah, but all those strains are owned in the U.S. Okay. Uh, sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, the Sasquatch is the first uh, Canadian, like solely developed in Canada, patented in Canada, sort of thing. So yeah, developed in yeah, developed in all that kind of stuff. And I think in Chilliwack, BC, is the thing where it was developed because uh, that's actually one of the best. Uh, one of the good uh, hop growing places in uh, Western Canada. Mm. So yeah, and uh, at any time I see it, I'm like, oh, that's super cool, and let's try it, sort of thing, because it's, uh, it's hard to get too. Yeah, it's super hard to get. I've only had it in one commercial beer before, and that was for I'm I think it was Analog Brewing. I was up in Edmonton one time visiting family and stopped at the liquor store and I saw it and it's like because it said Sasquatch and said like brewed with Sasquatch hops. I was like, oh, Oh my God, I know what that is. And mm-hmm. I got some and it was a, they had done an IPA with it and it was a, it was, it, it's, I think it's got a little bit of like citrus taste on the, on the, for its flavor and aroma, but it's got some earthy tones in it. So it made a, a like a very mm-hmm. nice IPA, but ever since then, I've never seen it again in a commercial product. So. <laughs> well, they, if it's, it's relatively recent as a commercial strain, they must still be ramping up production plant and like like you can like you can order online but i think the it only goes back to like 2019 or something like that yeah. it's super new yeah. it also sells out really fast that's the other problem too <laughs> but i mean the, uh, the comparison for hop growers i always think of as like vineyards and if you had a winery that just opened with a new grape and they're like okay here's our 10 bottles of wine yeah and they're like, yeah. Okay, this is really good i want more it's like okay wait 10 years for us to plant the vines to get it. Like, <laughs> well and like yeah, and hop cycle hops are the same way i think it takes Three, three years. Three years before a plant is commercially viable. Mm-hmm. And that's even if it, like, it comes out that particular way because you've got three years because the first two years it's like maturing and you're just hoping, you know, at the third year that it's going to be like the right alpha, the right beta, like all the other things. And, you know, if your growing program is good, like it should get there, but it's still at the third year, hopefully your, uh, your product's going to be good enough yeah. sort of thing. Well, again, we still have some research that you've got a connection for some some fresh hops that you were trying. We need to figure out what those are. I, I've got a couple, like, my <laughs> family out there and a couple neighbors that are growing hops. Eventually, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll have our own little production line here just with neighborhoods. And yeah. <laughs> uh, there are some places in town, like, I think Village does that, where a bunch of, they have a bunch of people who have backyard hops, and they just, everyone brings it in. So you have no idea what it is. It's totally, yeah. totally random. But then you could beer once a year out of it. Which... I mean, it's great because for the people who like, it's a very nice looking plant. So they they plant it decoratively, mm-hmm. and then they don't do anything with the the hot with the, with the cones. Yeah, the cones, so it's like might as well use it for something. Might as well use it. Although what's interesting is that the for hot plants they have there's male and female plants, right? So it's yeah. Only the females grow cones. Mm-hmm. The males don't. <clears throat> and that's the thing. If you're going to grow more hops, then you need to cross pollinate. So then you get seeds essentially, and then you can go from there. So it's yeah. <laughs> and then that thing, if you, well, it's just like basic, you know, uh, backyard genetic sort of thing. You got two uh, varieties that crossbreed with each other. And then hopefully they produce a good taste or a good smelling, good uh, oil plant. But you, you kind of never know. So this is just for our listeners who I know can't see us, but we are in person here. Steve likes to talk with his hands, and that little knock you heard was him knocking the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I even raised it up out of my way. Like, I, sh- I shouldn't be able to hit it, but I still did. <laughs> okay. It's okay. You didn't spill your beer on it. So. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, backhand my beer onto it. Okay, so that's interesting uh, with, with what you chose, because I chose uh, 
I'll have to, I'll send you guys a recipe on beer target. Uh, but I did mine. So the, the, the pale, I did the red, the CMG red wheat and the Hogarth 120 and or C120 and C40 with a little bit of the crisp Hanna malt. So I think about five malts. Um, it was going to be bittered with, uh, I think it was the Enigma. I was going to, uh, do a 60 minute on and then do a mixture of Sasquatch and HBC 431 on the aroma and flavor at the end. I think I had Sasquatch as the aroma and HBC as the flavor hop. So I was a 30 minute timing and a 15 minute timing with the K97 yeast. So it's kind of, it came out like a red, like it's, it's kind of more like an English, um, an English bitter or an English, uh, it's not quite a brown. I wouldn't put it as brown, but it's definitely like. Or mild. Yeah. I, English yeah. Mild. I, an English mild. Uh, though it is a little bit more alcoholic than a mild. It's in the, I think, 6.5% range. Oh, that's quite a bit higher. Yeah, it's quite a bit higher. So, but yeah, because, like, I like the, like, I, don't, I haven't used the Hogarth Crystal Malt before, but a lot of my beers do, I do like using the Crystal. So I went with that. The Crisp Hanna, because it's got a bready, biscuity kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the Red Wheat for, like, kind of like that body to it as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of the idea I had. Um, and then, yeah, use some, a, a variety of hops sort of thing for, uh, for it. And it looks interesting. So, yeah, I mean, just looking through the ingredient list, I would do something similar to that, like strong on the biscuit, biscuit as your base malt, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of the, the Hogar C40, the light chocolate, and then the red wheat, just to try to get a little bit more of that red color in there. And of course the head retention mm-hmm. that you're looking for there. And then I'd actually go very light on the aroma hops i'd almost just go with just bittering in flavor pretty much yeah and and a very a very early addition so it's mostly just a bittering hop okay and then draw out the malt flavors and and have a very malt forward beer okay at the end of the day and trying to gain get towards that okay so for a little quick sidebar for our listeners uh when we talk about bittering aroma and flavor hops uh, basically, when you add the hops, like once you get your uh, beer mixture boiling and you're, uh, you're adding hops, depending on how long the hops are in the, uh, the boiling liquid for, depends, it draws out different oils and different flavors from the hops. So if you put on a hop for a full 60-minute boil, it's known as a bittering hop. So it's just like the alpha acids primarily that come out and flavor the, the beer. When you add them later in the cycle, so it may be 30 minutes, I believe is where the aroma, uh, the smell is going to come out, those phenols or whatever. And if you do it closer to near the end of the boil, so like 10, 15 minutes, that's when the uh, the more flavor of the hops comes out as well. Which is why when you get to uh, what's called whirlpooling is when you're in the cool, like the kind of the cool down process or dry hopping, uh, that's when all those like juicy flavors comes out of the hops. So when we're talking about this, like, so bitterings near the beginning of the boil, um, aromas in near the middle of the boil, and flavors near the end of the boil. Yeah. I mean, for the more scientific and and technically minded (laughs) listeners of ours, it's down to the volatility of the different acids that are in there. Yeah. Uh, The bittering bittering acids that you're using in the bittering oils are the least volatile, so they go in first, and when you boil for a longer time, everything else flashes off. Yeah. And the other stuff... uh, uh, and then again, yeah, the shorter times, you retain more of the, more of the oils, but 
when you do the dry hopping or something like that, you actually don't break down into those bittering acids. Yeah. So you retain the basically repeating exactly what Steve said here. <laughs> the yeah. A little bit more. <laughs> yeah. They, they call it isomerization. Thank you. Yeah. So when there we go. When you're boiling it for a long period of time, the oil from the hop will isomerize. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably like some chemist listening to us. Yeah. He's just like shaking his head. He's like, oh, <laughs> you <God."> morons. <laughs> See, it first starts with a beaker. What kind of beaker? It, have a drink and then start your brew process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's the yeah the the oils from the hops break down, and uh, the longer you boil, the more bitterness you get and the less flavor you get from it. So yeah. it's more just pure bitterness. Um, and the amount of bitterness is determined by the percentage of alpha acid. So the higher the percentage, the more bitter, bittering potential that the hop has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and some of them get pretty crazy. Like these ones we're looking, some of these on the list are 19%, which is really high. Yeah. Like really high. So like generally, um, like a, a medium strength bittering hop is like, five to seven percent if you get into double digits it's like that's it's kind of a its only purpose is to bitter yeah usually like 11 or 13 is a lot and then yeah. like some of these are 19 it's like oh my yeah. god and then like 19 that's a at that point it's a light touch yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a like <laughs> yeah i'm just putting a quarter of an ounce in here for an entire thing and that's probably still i'm gonna wave it over the boil kettle yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, gonna, just let it steam over yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, of the seven hops that were provided for this competition, only two are below 10% alpha acid. Yeah. Which is, again, crazy. I think I've only worked with one. Yeah, it's insane. What do we got here? We got two that are at 15, and then the other ones are 18 to 19, and then the two that are below 10 are four. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. It's <laughs> it's, it's a, a it's diverse. Very extreme. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Because, like, anything below, like, 3% alpha acids is, like, really, really low. And, like, the Lorian here is, you know, is below 4%. So it's like, okay, yeah, that's, you know. Yeah, those are the ones that you're picking just for aroma and flavor. Yeah, yeah, those are Their bitter potential is really low. So you don't want to use them at the front of the boil because you'd have to buy 10 pounds of them for a typical homebrew cycle. That's right, yeah. Those ones are going to be the ones you add, like, right at the end or or dry hop. Yeah. Or something like that because you're looking for that more for aromas. Mm-hmm. So well, they usually have some good taste, but yeah, like my typical hop experience has been like everything's around five percent. Yeah, I've had a couple of the eight, eight and a half percent, and then that's like I because like when I started, I did a lot of uh, single hop, like maybe it was multiple uh, or malts or whatever I was using, but I did I chose like a single hop and I used it at like the sixty, the thirty, the fifteen yeah. sort of thing, trying to figure out you know what its flavors was, and yeah, sometimes it would be like six seven percent it's like okay like a little bit here a little bit more on the end sort of thing but like with with these ones like that's way that's so much friggin yeah like your ibus are going to be in the uh you know way above the pale uh you're going to be in like this the 60 to 70 range for ibus just with a light touch of fair enough enough. so yeah if we have any of this left after i'll take an off yeah so what's really crazy about this What's really crazy about this is if you're using a hop that's like 18% and we only need to provide 20 liters. So like to get the, like a good balance of bitterness, you only need like a quarter of an ounce. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe half an ounce. Maybe. But of all these hops of the seven they gave us, they gave us a bag of 11 ounces. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you only need a quarter ounce. <laughs> so there's, so sorry, there's 11 ounces per hop or total? Per hop. Per hop. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you didn't see the bags at no. his house last time? Okay, so in his fridge. like along we got the hops bottom. for years here for home brewing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like there is so much in the bottom. Oh though, my God. though we were going to give to Atlas, if mm-hmm. we didn't use it, the Citra we, Lupo Max. Because yeah, apparently that's yeah. super rare, like... Uh, like unavailable it's a very expensive hop yeah well absolutely and they're they're helping yeah. us out hugely in this competition they're just they're good guys yeah <laughs> oh yeah no no so i think the plan is like we're not even going to keep most of these we'll um i'll probably take a few ounces for to give to each yeah. of us and then i think i'll probably leave the rest with atlas yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense as a gift yeah so cool. and, as a, yeah. and as a thank you for letting us do it and then if they want any of the malt too yeah, we'll give it to uh, them. They're not going to care about the yeast. The yeast is just the, the little, the little, little whole brew satchel, so <laughs> they, that won't that won't do them any good. <laughs> yeah, no, they uh, at their scale they need bricks. <laughs> yeah. Or I wonder. I don't know if they're set up to recycle their yeast well, or not keep, yet. Keep cultures going. Not yeah, yet. Not that, yet. That, that's 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 the trick, right? Yeah, you get you get a, a it going, and then you just make sure it doesn't go bad, and you just and then you have infinite yeast. Yeah, they said they're not there yet, so they just. Fresh pitch each time, which is nothing wrong with that either. No. That's still my the highlight of my home brewer experience is the year that I went with buying a single pack of yeast. <laughs> <laughs> because I was actually brewing frequently enough to recycle every time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, this is cool. I got uh, four or five generations. And <laughs> yeah. No, if you, if you, you brew every month. Months and I yeah. was like, ah, that's. I was cool. doing that. And then I realized I had like four jars because then I had, because <laughs> I was doing four different brews or something. And I was like. You don't want to mix your stout yeast with your IPA yeast. Yeah, no, there's definitely a big part of that, right? Yeah, but I, I think I think you gotta you basically just do the recycling the same way you do beer tasting. You start light and you work towards dark. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, the reason you don't mix yeast like that is because of um, if you use a yeast for stout, it's that flavor is still going to be in the yeast, and if you add it yeah. to an IPA, well, then you're going to start adding stout characteristics to your ipa so yeah. yeah i think we did talk about that on a previous episode. we did on a early one yeah. of our earlier ones yeah which could be interesting if you're doing it intentionally and you want to that would be different yes yeah, that's right yeah. thing in there that's but it's again being very aware of what you're doing right that would be like a one-off <laughs> man because you like okay you, this one's been this, used this, this one's this, been used for a stout three times and this time it's going into an this, ipa this it's very... not going back into a stout you know? <laughs> why, is, why is this ipa so expensive because i have to brew three batches of stout before yeah. I make it. <laughs> actually that's a good name for a beer three to one <laughs> yeah i need three stouts first before we can finally put it into this one <laughs> Okay, and I think on that note, I think that's pretty good for an episode. I so think that's looking pretty good, guys. Yeah, so yeah, we'll have to make a final decision on the beer, but uh, yeah, we'll be brewing that two days from now. Yeah, and anybody <laughs> who wants to come and taste it can come visit us at the Jasper Beer Festival. Indeed, that's they right. can. Uh-huh. February eleventh to thirteenth, right. I believe. Yep. We look forward to meeting a bunch of people there. We had a great time at the last two festivals, and I mean. That's right. this is, Come this hang out in Jasper for Valentine's Day. Darn yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful spot with a lot of great beer around. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's so picturesque. And it's, it's going to be so much snow in the mountains, too. It's going to look beautiful. I'm tempted to bring my skis. <laughs> hey, they oh, you should. Book Absolutely. A, yeah, go some, to Marmot. Book some vacation time and go Absolutely. ski Marmot for a day. Oh, and they, yeah. and they said, too, uh, there's going to be, like, ice skating and all that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. So, yeah, some shinny. Yeah, some yep. shinny. I can't skate, so I will not be playing shinny. <laughs> I can go in a straight line, 
and that's about it. I cannot See, turn. <laughs> the, the key with shitty is just being confident enough on your skates that you don't fall down. I can't really skate either. <laughs> but if somebody runs into me, they're falling. <laughs> yeah. AKA me when I'm like, I can't stop. Bang. Whack. Actually, one guy, one guy got really mad at me. This is years and years ago. I was playing a shitty game. And driving up towards the net and all that sort of stuff. And the, the guy on defense was... He was playing aggressive. He was like, I'm just going to hold my ground. This guy's going to have to go around me. <laughs> and I was at one point, I was like, I can't stop, man. <laughs> 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 and he was about to get really mad at me until he saw me keep going until I hit the board. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you weren't kidding. <laughs> and I was like, no, I can't stop. I stay on my feet, but I can't stop. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have the puck. He doesn't have a stick anymore. He's just barreling towards the boards. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, no, we'll be at the Jasper, uh, the uh, Jasper Beer Fest, and yep, hope to see people there. Come by and see us, and have a chat, and enjoy some great beer and some great food. We mentioned it a couple times, but a big shout out to Atlas Brewing for helping us out through this. Yeah, great guys, great beer. Absolutely, Rob. If people want to reach out to us, how can they? Uh, email at solutions. Oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> Yes. Through oh, me no. I know. I got all mixed up. Um, so the email is no problems at solutionsbrewing.com. Uh, you can either send a direct email or if you want, you can go to the website, uh, solutionsbrewing.com, which is what I was thinking of, which is why I fumbled that one. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Solutions Brewing Co. Excellent. And with that, we'll talk to you all later. Thanks, everyone. Take care, everyone. Cue the music, Rob. Yeah. (laughs)